savor. God, may something, Lord, tonight, Father, that, that, that we enter into, may it be an atmosphere that changes us, Lord. That's our, that's our desire, Lord. That's our motive. I pray, God, that you would just be glorified in all that we do. You said you're seeking such that would worship you in spirit and in truth. So, Lord, I raise my hands up with all of these people and say, Lord, if you're seeking for a worshiper, then here I am, God, here to lift up praises to you, Lord, for you're worthy of all of my praise, Lord. You're worthy, God. I pray that you would be with those that are coming in. Lord, may you keep them safe, keep them in your care. We ask it now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that song. Thank God I am free for a long time. I traveled down a long, lonely road. Give me the words for that. For a long time I traveled down a long, lonely road. Come on, clap your hands. Was so heavy, sin I sank Then I heard about Jesus. Oh, yes, what a wonderful hour! I'm so glad that I found out He could bring me out through His saving power. Been washed in the blood of Jesus, been born again. Oh, hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out He could bring me out. Show me, sing that again now. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. There we go. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus, been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by His wonderful as they play think about his grace yes Lord Like a bird out of prison that's taken his flight, and like a blind man that God gave back his sight, like a poor wretched beggar has found fortune and fame. I'm so glad that I found out. Holy name. Oh, thank God. 
that again now For a long, for a long time I traveled Down a long, lonely road My heart was so heavy Sin I sank low But then I heard about Are you thankful for that church? Oh, what a wonderful hour Yes, Lord I'm so glad that I found out He could bring me out Through His saving worthy of it thank you lord thank you jesus he touched me he touched me shackled by a heavy burden man let's sing this song together brother richard sang it for us on sunday and i just believe it's the uh, testimony of every believer amen he touched me shackled by a heavy burden And shame, but then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me. now well since I met this blessed Savior 
Well, since he cleansed and made me whole, is this how you feel? Well, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while he turns. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Give him a praise offering. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Brother John Lenachek has a special force. He can come now and sing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Crossing the calm sea with Jesus The disciples were getting concerned The wind started violently blowing well, But he was asleep in the stern Does he not care that we perish? Oh, we're helpless and we're so afraid But Jesus arose when they called him said to them where is your faith cause you've prayed all night cause you've held on with all of your might child your cry have awoken the master Christ have awoken the master. 
without any warning Oh, the storm of your life had begun Seeing no hope in the distance Oh, you're frightened and nowhere to run By now your vessel is filling Oh, and you're thinking that you'll surely drown You cried out for help from the Savior Oh, and you know you can't give up now Cause you prayed all night Cause you held on with all of your might Child, your cries have awoken the Master Now you're up there worried that he's fast asleep The winds are so deadly, the water's so deep But try to be patient, cause soon he'll bring peace Just one word from his voice and it all must see Cause you prayed all night Cause you held on with all of your mind Keep stay there, Brother John. Why don't we stand and sing that together? Are you, are you happy about it tonight? Your cries have awoken the master. It may be not. Maybe you say, Brother Matt, I'm still in that boat tonight. Well, just your cries. How do you cry out? Lift up your hands. Raise your hands to God. Say, Lord, I believe my cries will awaken the master. Because you prayed all night. Lift up those hands. With all your might. Child, your cry have awoken the master. So deadly, the water's so deep. But try to be patient, cause soon he'll bring peace. Just one word, Just one word from his voice, and it all must see. Cause you prayed all night, cause you held on with all your might. Child, your
Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Luther, would you come and make your way, amen, tonight? Uh, New Mercy, Sister Deb, if you could start playing that, we're going to sing that song together. Amen. Maybe you have something upon your heart. We're going to pray, but maybe you have an unspoken need, something that's just burning upon your heart. You just want to represent it to the Lord and say, Lord, here's my hand. I'm going to raise it up. You know what's upon my heart. Amen. We believe God can meet that need. Come and take up the offering. Also, Brother Luther, we want to just be remembered in prayer, and then we'll say this at the end. Brother Blue and uh, his whole church there. I think my dad is there um, tonight for Brother Terrence. Um, if you don't know him, didn't know him, there at Brother Blue's. Um, uh, it, it, we'll give some of the details after when we pray, but just keep in prayer for that church. Um, they've just went through a lot <clears throat> lately, and so more than anything, you could say, what can I do to help? Well, you can pray. Amen. And I believe the body of Christ can pray and ask the Lord for comfort. Amen. And, and for wisdom. Amen. Hold those unspoken needs up. Amen. Hold them up, Brother Luther. Pray over these needs. Amen. Amen. Um, sister Andrea gave a request. Um, remember her sister, Frida, in prayer. She is having back surgery this Friday. Praying the surgery will relieve her back pain. And those of you that have gone through back pain in many hours of whatever therapy that you have chosen to try to relieve that, I'd like you to take this to heart. I'm taking it to heart, you know. I see when Brother Darrell Ward is hobbling around, Brother Louis Blevins, and so many others, that, um, and myself included. Brother Jason, I mean, Brother Chris. So we just want to take this up and just pray that the the doctor's hands will be guided and that she'll be pain-free when it's all said and done. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you, Lord. Father, I've had back pain, Father. Lord, where you could hardly move. So in compassion and empathy for the sister Frida, our sister's sister, Father, we lift her name up before you, Father, and by faith as a Adopted child of God, I place the blood of Jesus Christ between the pain and this sister, Father. We pray that you would intervene in whatever way you would choose. And all the hands that were raised and the, those that have suffered loss up in Walterball, our brother's church, Father. It's such a hard thing, Lord. But Lord, you rejoice when your saints come home. And I pray that you would comfort your people, Father, that are suffering loss. Father, it seems like there's not a church, not a family anywhere that has not been touched by loss. And Lord, we know that you have empathy and compassion for us. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy today that you would touch the hearts. Remember our sister Frida, Father. And Lord, I pray that as we gather the tithes and offerings that you would bless the cheerful giver, magnify it to your kingdom. Remember also, Father, the ministering of your word today, the most important form of worship. Help us to open up our hearts to receive what you have for us, Father. Bless the minister, Father, also. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated as Brother Luther moves amongst you. We're going to sing a song we haven't sang in a long time. But I love it. Brother Eugene Braun taught, a, uh, taught it to us many years ago. And uh, if we mess up a little bit, that's all right. We'll eventually get it. But I just love it. It's called New Mercies. 
And I, I love this song. Brother Josh, do we have that? I hope we do. Um, New Mercies should be, um, should be in there. I love this words of this song. It says, I thought that I had crossed the line, walked away from love. One time, too many. Ever felt that way? Ever felt like this? I thought I'd used up all his grace set aside for my mistakes. Oh, they seem too many. But on my knees, I found to my surprise that his mercy renewed with this sunrise. Are you glad for new mercy? Amen. Come on, you fall asleep on me. I'll have you stand back up. Enjoy that rest. How many is glad for new mercy? Amen. Morning mercy. That was more this morning. It was new all over again. You thought that I had crossed the line, walked away from love one time. Oh, too many. And I, I thought I'd used up all His grace, set apart from my mistake. You know they seem so many on my knees. But on my knees I found to my surprise that your mercy renewed with the No. 
worthy of it. Amen. We're going to change the order of the service now. Amen. Elali, Elaham. Let's sing that. I haven't sang that one. Brother Ken mentioned it to me on uh, and Sunday. And so we'll see if we remember this one too. Some oldie goldies. Now y'all, y'all got to help me now. I don't, I used to lead songs almost every service, but I, I don't do it all the time. And so I'm, I'm like a flat tire. <laughs> That's what I tell people. People say, brother Matt did so good. I said, well, I hope you don't mind a I say a spare tire, I'm a flat spare tire, and a dry rotted just a little bit too, so uh, need some extra grace. Did you come with an expectation? You know, that's all that really matters. You come to expect to see Jesus. How many have a need? Say, Lord, I got something upon my heart. Well, that's good, but on this hand, I'm going to say, Lord, but I have an expectation. You're going to use your servant. Now, I know Brother Caleb, and God's used his ministry and the gift God put in his life so many times to minister something so right on point. And so I know that just as a minister, you've waited, you know, you've prayed, you're second-guessing yourself, wondering if what you're going to say is what the Lord wants you to say. And you're under so much pressure. i tell you what takes that pressure off is a congregation that pulls on the Word of God and says, Preacher, don't worry about me or my feelings. I'm here. I'm not here to see anybody. I didn't come to church on a Wednesday night to be seen or be heard. I came here to hear from Jesus. Amen. And you pull on the word of God from the very moment. I believe that you can pull out from a minister the gift that lays in his life. You could pull out the very thing that you have need of. Bring him right off his notes and let him give you a word in due season. How many want that here tonight? Amen. Let's sing this song together as we invite our brother Caleb to come. How we long 
to worship you. Circumstance, no matter, no matter what the situation, we will lift, we will lift up holy. Yes, Lord. No matter what the situation, we will lift up. tonight. Amen. Appreciate the worship and the atmosphere. Amen. Sure is a privilege to serve God, isn't it? Sure is a privilege. I just love being in church and love getting an opportunity just to talk about him for a few minutes. Amen. Uh, I think Brother Matt already mentioned it. We want to keep the family of Brother Terrence Robinson in prayer. Brother Jason wanted him to keep us to keep him in prayer, especially for tonight. He, uh, he went over there to be with Brother Blue and the Saints and um, to minister to the family. And so just for words of comfort and, and wisdom. And uh, can we do that tonight? Amen. Can we just lift him up in prayer? We'll just be sure to do that here in just a f- few minutes. And be sure to remember them in prayer in the, in the days and weeks to come as well. Amen. You know, friends, one of these days real soon, it's going to be time to go home. And it'll be time to join all those who have gone before us. Amen. And what a day that's going to be. I was just listening to the prophet talk about it this week, though. He said, you know, while it's daylight and while we got life, we Christians got to keep in mind that while we have the opportunity to work for the Lord, we ought to do it with all we can. Amen. Don't we want to just do all we can for the kingdom of God? He said it's good for Christians to remember that this is the only time of all the ceaseless ages beyond the time to come that you'll ever have the privilege to serve Jesus 
Jesus Christ. This is the only day. We don't know whether we'll see tomorrow or not. So it behooves us, he said, that we move with all that's in us and do everything we can. I think it's just good to kind of be reminded of that sometimes. It was just encouraging my heart. You know, sometimes it just makes me want to shout. Amen. I think that's all for for the music tonight. Uh, Let's just get right into the word here. We're going to turn into the book of 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Then once we're seated, we're going to go to one more passage of Scripture. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to read, uh, kind of a lengthy reading, we're going to read the first 15 verses. It says, now Naaman of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance in the also a man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were that the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Think of her testimony. If, if he could just get to this place where I used to live, there's a prophet there, and I know he has power to heal, Amen. And she said unto her mistress, uh, verse 4, And one went in and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is in the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith that name in my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And this... And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the king of Israel. Now just think about the situation. Syria, this was a rival kingdom at the time. And the the testimony of this maid had caused such a stir that he sent, she sent, to Naaman and said, look, the maid said this. Naaman went to the king and the king said, well, you know, let's take these things. And, and so then they went into this kingdom. Think of the magnitude of what's happening in the story. In verse, verse eight, it says, and it was so when Elijah, the man of God had heard that the king of Israel rent his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, saying, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me that he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and he went away and said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Far are rivers of Damascus better than all the waters in Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And a second time now, his servant 
Another servant of his came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldn't thou have just done it? How much rather than when he said to wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the flesh of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And look what that testimony did. And he returned to the man of God. He and all of his company came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. I'd like to take a thought tonight titled, The Power of Decision. The Power of Decision. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just come before you this evening, Lord. We're thankful, Lord God, for the, the reading of your word. Lord, we're thankful just, Lord, for the hearing of your music, Lord God, just knowing that your presence is already near, Father. Lord, we just humble ourselves again, Lord Jesus. We pray that you could come and take these words, Lord, break the bread of life to us, Lord. Take these notes, Lord, anoint them, Lord, to let the people, Father God, just receive a blessing from you, Lord. Lord, we just yield ourselves to you now, Father. We're just remembering pastor over there, Lord. I pray that you'd give him that. Give him comfort, words of comfort, words of wisdom, Father, and be with that family. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. God bless you all as you take your seats tonight. We're going to turn in the Bible and actually read one more portion of Scripture. Uh, Daniel, a familiar reading, Daniel, the sixth chapter. Daniel chapter six, we're going to read the first ten verses. Daniel 6 and verse 1, it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then, the, then this Daniel was preferred above the princes and the presidents, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was any error or fault in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the princes and the kingdoms and the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains and all have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whatsoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it may not change according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree now when Daniel knew that this writing was signed, he went into the house and his, widow, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before, he, before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. Daniel comes in the beginning of his story with one of the most critical principles that we have to take as believers. You know, he was a captain in a foreign land. Daniel, the first chapter, if you go read, the Lord had actually set things in motion for Daniel to have this position in the king's house. And the king had this decree, give them daily provision of meat and wine, 
but then at the end of the three years, bring the appointed ones before me. But Daniel had taken a position there in the first chapter, Daniel. It says that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine he drank, amen? He had made a decision for the Lord. He purposed in his heart, I'm gonna serve the Lord no matter what. You know, and all throughout the rest of Daniel's life, that principle stayed right there with him. Every genuine believer of God's word has to come to that juncture in their life and apply that same principle, to be purpose-driven towards the word, amen? First Peter 5 said you have to be sober and vigilant because your adversary, as, a, as a, the devil, as a roaring lion, he's walking around seeking whom he may devour. So he's always seeking to devour the stance of a believer, amen? And when Daniel comes to this situation in his life where the law had said to do this one thing, he had to make a decision, amen? Daniel 6, we read, he heard the decree, and the, I like how the Bible puts it. He says he heard the decree, but he still did as he did. Did before, amen? And that's how it is. Sometimes we come into these situations in our life, but it doesn't change our stance. It doesn't change our position in the word, amen? He didn't change his pattern. Nothing was gonna come between him and his prayer life, amen? He, he, he had that same declaration that Joshua declared, as for me and for my house, I'm gonna serve the Lord, amen? No matter what else, anybody else is doing, no matter how hard the devil fights, no matter what the trials come, no, it doesn't matter the consequences consequences, I'm going to serve the Lord. You know, you watch the devil's tactics here. The devil tries to raise things up of, uh, against him. Brother Random says in, in The Power of Decision 1955, he says, watch little things when they boil up and start at first. Would you mind grabbing that water for me? Okay. And you know, mushrooms grow up overnight and die the next day. Takes a long time for an old oak to come, but he's really rooted and grounded when he gets there. Amen? So what he's trying to say is when you have a believer that's firm in the word of God, he's rooted and grounded in his faith no matter what situation comes. He's not tossed to and fro like the Bible says says by every wind and every doctrine he's stable in the word of God because I found that this is my anchor this is this is all that matters to me amen so the devil usually starts to try that little flare and so watch it he tries to cut off the move of God every time you'll do that and he's still the same devil and he still uses the same techniques that he did in those old days he still uses them today brother random says just like those princes did there in the book of Daniel they came up with this plan they couldn't find anything against Daniel they searched every which way high and low they could not find anything so the only thing they could do is find something in his law that would stumble him somehow or, or, or would cause him. So they had to deceive the king because Daniel had found this position, had God had placed him in this position, and the king had such great respect and reverence for him, right? But the faith of Daniel was rooted in something deeper than whatever that these princes and these presidents were trying to conjure up. His mind was made up. The only thing they could start attacking was his devotion to the Lord. That's the place we ought to get to, amen. The only thing that God or the only thing that can be attacked in our life is our devotion to God. I want to be so hidden God, the devil runs out of ways to attack me. So he tries to stumble me in the word. I know that if I'm rooted in the word, then that doesn't matter where we go and what happens in our life, amen. amen. 
They assembled themselves together. They sought occasion to tempt Daniel. They sought to trap him. And you know, that's just the way it looks sometimes. It looks like maybe there isn't really a way out. I mean, in this situation, there wasn't a way out. This was the law of Medes and Persians. Not even the king himself could get rid of that law. There is no way out, but God always has a provided way, amen? He's always got a plan in mind, amen? He's sometimes just looking for the decision that you're gonna make towards his word. Oh, I love how the scripture puts that. He knelt on his knees and he did as he did aforetime. Friends, the devil's gonna come, the, the, the bad days, but it doesn't change our stance on this word, amen? Brother Branham says in this, in the sermon I know, he says, and when your faith is put to the test, then don't fail. Stay right with what you believe. And when their faith was put to a test, they went in that crucial hour. Not only did they go to an ash heap, but they went to a fiery furnace. But Satan could not destroy them. For listen to this, for God's purpose wasn't fulfilled in their life yet. They could go in there with this hope. I know my Redeemer liveth. They could go in there with his hope. Rest assured that God is able to deliver us out of this fiery furnace. You know, sometimes it looks like, you know, God is going to deliver us. You know, and sometimes you just can't explain it. I, I can't explain what's going to happen. I don't know. But I know God and I know his word. And I know that there is a way out somehow, some way. Amen. Every time there is a way out. Why don't you why don't you just close the window? It doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you do this? It doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense, but I, I know my faith is rooted in something your faith isn't rooted in, world. My faith is rooted in what God's word says, amen? amen. It's, not be, it's not about being able to explain it. They stayed right with it and believed it, amen? Satan couldn't take him. He couldn't, he couldn't drown Noah in the flood, Brother Branham says, until his purpose had been finished. He couldn't burn up the Hebrew children until his purpose had been finished, amen? And neither can he take you until your purpose of God is finished in your life. I mean, that gives me such a zeal. It gives me such gratefulness for him because I know if I'm here, there's a purpose in my life and I know that God is gonna fulfill that purpose as long as I'm right with his word, amen? If you have life, then the purpose of God isn't fulfilled in your life yet. So we ought to do everything we can to, to find out what that purpose is, amen? Our focus is just to remember that our purpose is to serve his purpose, amen? You know, and oftentimes, I, I, I just love how the Lord opened this up. Oftentimes, it's not about the destination. It's not about the end of the road. Sometimes it's about the journey towards the destination, amen? Sometimes that journey is more important than the actual place that you're heading towards, amen? When we look at Jonah, the destination was Nineveh, right? The destination, God told him to go to Nineveh, but there was these men on a boat, and we're gonna get to that in a minute. There was these men on a boat who, who needed to find God. They needed to see what the salvation of God was. So God had provided a way and, and it was all in God's plan, amen? Look at the story of the woman with the blood issue. 
Jesus' destination that day was Jairus and the healing of Jairus' daughter. But his journey there, on his walk there, a woman with a blood issue had a purposed heart that she needed to touch Jesus. Is your heart purposed tonight that I need to touch Jesus? I know it's only Wednesday night, but I'm here because I need to touch Jesus. I need a, I need a healing touch from him. I need, I need just a little bit more of his spirit in my life. I need more of, of his word to just saturate me amen and her faith stopped him on that journey oh think of this saints think of that woman at the well Jesus left Judea and was on his way to Galilee there was no the map didn't say stop at Samaria but the disciple listen the disciples didn't even understand why are we stopping here we we don't we don't need to stop here this is this is a detour and how many times has that happened in our life I found myself guilty that sometimes I want to get to this place but God has you go into this place because he has a need he has a woman there that, that was drawing from a fountain of water but she needed living water amen do you realize that with the spirit of God in your life that you are living water to people hallelujah amen. glory to God hallelujah I know someone I know someone who's got that water I know someone who can give you that water that you need amen you know, if it was up to them that day, and sometimes if it's up to us when we make the decisions in our life, if it's up to us, you know, we'd, we'd make the wrong choice, we'd go the wrong way. More often times than not, especially in my own life, I would do things before they need to be done. Amen. I, I'm impatient. It's just, I am. Anybody else with me on that? Amen. They tried to rush Jesus past that place. They tried to, they tried to hurry him and scurry him, but there was a woman there, and not only a woman, an entire place by the city of Samaria that when her testimony got to that city, they believed on Jesus Christ. It said that by her testimony, something stirred in her, their hearts, and then they went and realized that this is the Messiah. Hallelujah. Sometimes in people's life, they just need to realize that there is a Messiah. And so they look at your life and realize that there is a Messiah. Hallelujah. Brother Diggs, he talked on patience and having its perfect work the other day. You know, how many times do we rush past things when God's plan is different and his purpose is different? I promise his plan is always better than our plan. Hallelujah. Aren't you so glad that he takes the time out of his schedule to walk past you. Oh, who, who, who identifies, you identify yourself with some of these stories. You identify yourself with the woman of the well. You identify yourself with Paul. You identify yourself with Daniel. You know, they're in these places. You know, I was just looking at, we're gonna get into this in a minute. You're looking at that story and this maid was a captive in this land. They don't even tell her name, but she's a captive in this land. But you know, still she conjured up enough testimony in her life to witness to Naaman that day and say to Naaman's wife and say, look, there's a God and there's a prophet to that God and that prophet is in my country and you need to go to my country because Naaman will be healed. You don't just willy-nilly say that to somebody and, not, and them not have confidence in what you're saying because they, she had confidence in what that little maid said because it caused a chain reaction. It went to the woman, then it went to Naaman, then it went to the king, then it went to Syria, then it went to Israel. Hallelujah, it made it all. All the, all the way back to Elisha there that day. Hallelujah. 
It made it all, it went from here to there to God, amen. It made it all the way to God that day. Hallelujah. You know, how many people, if you go read, how many people, think about it, came into contact with Jesus in his earthly ministry? How many people came into contact with him? But how few made the decision to stay with him no matter what happened? How few made the declaration like Daniel made to purpose in their hearts that when he started to preach and say, I and the Father are one, that this is him, this is it, this is the word, they stayed right with it. Hallelujah. Daniel came to that decision in his life, he, but he, you know, he remembered back to that declaration that Solomon made there in the scrolls where in 1 Kings when Solomon said to set your face towards Jerusalem. You know, keeping that window open for Daniel wasn't just, uh, wasn't just something that he did to do it. It wasn't a ritual. It was, there, was a, there was a purpose-driven intent because that window looked towards Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was his word and this is our word this message is our word that we're going to look to and it's going to take us home hallelujah that word stuck with him amen you know as far as he went he was a captive in a foreign land just like that little maid was but he declared in his heart that I'm going to serve God. And that word had more value than any of these things. It had more value than his own life because that was what it was at stake. Amen. You know, Jonah, he found himself in that same place. He was, you know, it, it says that he cried out by reason of his affliction. Jonah 2, 2, out of the belly of the whale he cried and the Lord heard him. Jonah said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet again will I look towards thy holy temple. And in the deepest part of his situation, God reminded him of his word. And the Lord spoke to Jonah, and he did that exact same thing. It symbolizes you keeping your eyes on the word this, this evening. It symbolizes you. doesn't matter what's going on here and here and here. You keep your eyes on that word. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Brenham talked about how Jonah was never backslid. It was all in God's design. He says, the Queen of Sheba, he says, I want to straighten Jonah out in your mind, the people of Nineveh. If you study the history, they were fishermen, very wicked, and they worshiped idols. But God knows how to do things. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad God knows how to do things? And to follow the leading of the Spirit, Jonah had to take that because that ship he was led to, and after three days and three nights, he stayed in that belly. You know, and the people in Nineveh worshipped the idols and their God of the sea where they made their living and their whale and with all their fish boats, and here came the God. Here came their God, licked up, and Jonah walked right out. God had a plan, and God had a purpose in his plan. Amen? And they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Hallelujah. There was a purpose for him to fulfill. And God had a whole lot of family in that city. He had to drive to repentance, amen? And he knew just exactly how to do it. You know, and there was repentance for the men on the boat with, Gen with Jonah that day that cast him in the sea. I love this. If you go read Jonah 1, when the storms began raging, this was a boat ride that these sailors had probably sailed many times. 
It had, but, it, but this day had become a day like no other, amen? The, the, the word, the scripture used to describe these men were, were mariners or seamen. These weren't just amateur boaters. This wasn't just your typical storm. This was something different that day that happened. And something specific about this storm had caused them to have such a fear. And their fear drove them to start crying and praying to their idols and their false gods, amen? But none of that was happening, amen? But when Jonah told them about the God that he served, the God who created these winds and who created these seas, something stirred in their hearts, amen? You see, you know... To reprioritize our minds sometimes, the ultimate goal, the goal is getting souls into the kingdom. That is God's priority. It's getting souls into the kingdom. And so I believe God ordained Jonah to be on that specific boat at that specific time. And I believe the conversion of these men were real and genuine. I read several Bible commentaries where they believed the same thing because when they threw him overboard, it wasn't until after the storms had ceased that they vowed vows to serve God until after they watched the power of God move was when they vowed vows to serve God and to stop serving their previous gods. You know, because oftentimes, and Matt, Brother Matt's preached on this, oftentimes people cry out for desperation when they're in the middle of something and, and, and they'll repent. But when the moment of trouble is over, they were just sorry for their sin and, and wanted a way out. But these men had watched the power of God and didn't vow those vows until after the sea ceased from raging, the scripture says. They witnessed the supernatural. You know, God blended that storm together for a purpose, Amen. The God, Jonah said, who created this storm, Jonah was a witness that day. Even in the condition that he was in, Jonah became a witness of a supernatural living God in his day. Amen? Even at a time in his life where it seemed like he was furthest away from God, God had to get Jonah's attention. Amen? He, he got those men attention. Amen? God knows how to get your attention. Amen? It made me think of a lot. but God wasn't in that. Fire came, but God wasn't in that. The earthquake came, but God wasn't in that. But Brother Brandon picks this up and he says, God wanted to attract his attention, so he used those things to get Elijah's attention, and then he sent him a greater revelation in the still small voice. And sometimes God is trying to get your attention because he's got a revelation to give unto you in his still small voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, in 2 Kings, where we picked up the maiden of the house, there was a mighty man of valor, Haman, you know, a mighty man in Syria, that he had a need of healing. And, and more importantly, he had a need of salvation. Amen. And God used a little unnamed servant in his land to fulfill his purpose. Look at the testimony of that little unnamed maid. Amen. She could have been, she could have said anything. She could have just, you know, been a silent servant her whole life. But God had inspired her heart to say a specific thing. And it had made such an impression on that household, amen, with such, a, with, that she made that statement of faith, amen. 
You know, and we know the story, Naaman goes to Israel and, and he's got pride in his heart that the Lord had to deal with, amen? But once he humbles himself to the Lord's instructions and becomes obedient to God's word, his healing manifested and it led to something greater than any physical healing can ever lead you to. It led him to salvation, amen? That declaration he now made was, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel, Amen, and I will no longer serve any other God except for the Lord God of Israel. Hallelujah. Brother Branham says, he says, this lady was that type. She was talking about the supernatural. He said, she said, she said to her mistress, she said, I would God that my Lord Naaman was over in my country, for we have a prophet over there that could heal him of his leprosy. Oh my, how God used that child. How did she know the very same thing I was talking on last night? Inspiration from that atmosphere, amen? amen. Now notice that child was under inspiration and was led to say those words. We don't know of Elisha ever healing anyone else, maybe no one else, no matter how many he prayed for, but she said, I, want to, I would to God that my Lord was over there in that country, for we have a country, and in that country there's a prophet, Amen. This little girl never said a word about the king. She spoke about the prophet. Amen. He says, oh, oh, man, I hope you see it. My, she spoke of the prophet. She had never seen a case of leprosy healed, but she knowed someone there that lived under the atmosphere of the supernatural and said, if you'll go over there, something will take place. Hallelujah. Sometimes when, you, when you're led of the Spirit to do things, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I'm led in my heart to do this. So just go and watch God take over. Hallelujah. Just go wherever it is and watch God do his work because I've seen him do a many mighty work. Amen. How God used that little unnamed maid. Sometimes you just get to feeling little and useless. I've never done anything for the Lord. You know, that's the, the, the believer's desire is you want to you do something for his kingdom. Amen. You just want to be whoever he wants you to be. Amen. But you get to feeling little and insignificant and unable. But God's purpose in her life was fulfilled through one single, they don't even give her name. She had one single statement of faith and it led an entire household to the Lord. Hallelujah. You see the impact you have on people's life. Hallelujah. Her, God purposed in her life and then she purposed to do exactly what the word said. Amen. He uses men and women. He doesn't use, just use preachers and singers. He uses men and women who have stayed with God's word. He uses young people. In this example, she might have felt awkward at first to tell this to Naaman's wife, but something under inspiration drove her to testify. That's how, God's wor that's how God works. A man on a construction site 30 plus years ago led my dad. He, you know, he, he under inspiration started playing tapes of a prophet and then he asked him to church and that's how my dad came to this message under, on someone, under someone's inspiration, amen, that took a stance for the word of God, hallelujah. And it had an impact and I'm glad it had an impact because now I'm a happy beneficiary of that impact, hallelujah. 
Somebody under the inspiration took a stance. My father-in-law, Brother Don, he was in search for the truth, and God led him right to it, amen? He was praying that the Lord would lead him to more truth, so God provided him a job at a landscape company, and someone under inspiration asked him to come to a church service, and it was just a simple little home church, but God works in the simple things, amen? God works in those ways in 35, four, however long now, I can, I, can, I can have fellowship with a man who stayed with the word. I'm a beneficiary because he raised his family in the word, and I've got a wife who loves the word, and I'm so thankful that he stayed with that word. Hallelujah. God provides a way, amen? These are the heroes of faith in my book. Amen, this little unnamed servant who just had a declaration. Daniel, who just declared in his heart. You, brother, you, sister, who declare in your heart that no matter what happens, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to keep serving him. I'm going to make a mistake, and then I'm going to keep on serving him because I'm going to get back up. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to keep on going. Hallelujah. God works on both ends, amen. We just do as he leads us to, and then we may never know. We may never know until we get into the other life, but God works on both ends, amen. He uses his family to obtain his family, amen. We are the vine. Oh, this quote, it struck me. I'm about to start shouting again because it struck me. Listen, listen to this quote. Brother Branham says, do you know that there's some things that we have to do that God cannot do until we do it? Did you know that direct quote? Brother Random says, the ministry, look, we are the branches. He is the vine, but the vine can't bear the fruit. It's the branches that bear the fruit. Is that right? Now, now listen, he furnishes, furnishes the energy. Now, 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 take yourself out of the equation completely. You don't read this and you say, well, I'm doing something. No, you're not doing anything, right? We're just reflections of him, the church age book says. You just need to get into a way where you're just reflecting him. Don't see Brother Caleb up here. I step down, you see God working in a man, you see God working in a brother, you see God working in a sister because it's God under the inspiration. We're the, we're, he is the vine, but we're the branches, we're what bears fruit, amen? amen? He says, now he furnishes the energy, but we got to do the job. You get what I mean? The Holy Spirit's here tonight, as you see him each night, he knows you, but the only way he speaks is through us. Hallelujah, is that right? We, our hands are his hands, our eyes are his eyes, and now we notice that he gives us things. Now, where Jesus was standing one day, he's talking about that scripture in Matthew 11. He says, do you believe, and, and he's asked the question, do you believe that Jesus was the Lord of the harvest? Amen, we all believe that, right? Amen. And he looked upon that harvest and said, you pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into his harvest because the harvest in, is ripe and the laborers are few. Now, Brother Branham says, in other words, you ask me to do what I know what's ought to be done, then he could not do it until they asked him to do it. Hallelujah. You see, he, he can do anything, but he chooses to have you be a part of his plan. Hallelujah. He chooses to have you be in his program. You are part of God's program. So he has it in his program that he can't do a certain thing until you pray to him so you can be a part of it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you're a part of something like that? That's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of God's plan. 
Amen, but that comes out of that sermon, The Power of Decision. What a title to a message. Amen, he sometimes maybe he inspires your heart to invite someone to church. He inspires your heart to listen to a tape when everybody else is just listening to whatever music. He inspires your heart to tell someone when you're on your way to a prayer meeting to pray for that person. Amen. Uh, Brother Chris Watkins, he had given a testimony the other week at the prayer meeting, and it, it convicted me and inspired me at the same time. He said, you know, he, he, he had gotten impatient. He said about a situation, something getting fixed. I think it was his garage door. And he said he had gotten frustrated. But by the time that it happened, God provided an opportunity to witness. The man's wife that came to install the door, I believe, was sick and was having surgery. And Chris said, I'm heading to a men's prayer meeting right now. Can we pray for her? You see, that's what this life is about it's about those opportunities you 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 think those things are minuscule but that's how God works God worked in a single statement and that single statement made it into God's eternal word and God's eternal word has now used that single statement to be preached sermons and to have lives changed amen so a single statement can change lives you remember that amen I did a Sunday school a few, few, several weeks back on one day, you know, when the prophet goes and he grabs a bite to eat and, and between services, I believe, and he went in and he said it was just a, a dirty little place, everybody drinking and carrying on. And, and he looked over in the corner there and there was an elderly, older woman sitting in the corner, a drink in her hand and surrounded by, by men, I believe. And he just started condemning her in, her, in his heart, you know. <clears throat> Had it been him making that decision he would have left that place. But God inspired a different plan because he had a daughter in there that he cared about. And he began to deal with the prophet's heart. Remember how, how he deals with it. He goes into, into the corner. God sends him a vision and Jesus dealt with him. Oh my, and he, and he went over to that little woman and a, just, it was just a child of God that had lost her way, amen? That's what we are. We're children of God that may have lost our way. That's how we ought to pray for people. They're just children of God who've lost their way. Amen. I was a child of God. I lost my way. But thanks be to God. He stopped by the well that I was at. Oh, but he stopped by and he just offered me a drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Brother Branham says she thought she was living. And Brother Branham was just honest with her. And just, you know, said, said, went over to her and said, I, I, I was just condemning you in my heart. You know, the Lord had opened his eyes through a vision. And he led her straight to the Lord Jesus that day. You know, he showed her something that she didn't even realize. People, they're longing for life. That's what they're longing for. They're longing for something real. You know, and as little as it seems, statements of faith God takes those words and he blends it together with inspiration and, and, and with anointing. And then he waters the seed in that person's life. He, her life had made such an impact without words that when an opportunity, this is why the things that you do in your everyday life matter because people watch your everyday life. And so when it comes time to speak with your mouth, they now respect what you've done with your life, that they can respect what you've done and said, amen? They watch your life. Even in, you know, in, the, even in the smallest areas, something that would seem peculiar to somebody, you know, we're walking anomalies, right? And sometimes it's just, it's the strangest thing to, to have to go out and catch someone and correct just a little white lie. 
right? That, that, that God just, oh, he just wrenched your heart. Oh, Lord, forgive me. And you have to go correct that thing. Sometimes that seems so strange to the world. The things we do and the, and the way we act seems odd. You know, <clears throat> but to me, it means a great deal, amen? And to you, it means a great deal when you go and correct because you're constantly having a conversation with God. Lord, I'm sorry for doing that. Okay, you're sorry. We'll go correct it then. If you're really sorry, then go make it right. Amen? We're strangers living in a foreign land like Daniel and that maid. And deep down, people greatly respect it. People respect your confidence in God, and it causes them to respect the things you say because you know that you, that you wouldn't lie to them, amen? And you know there's, there's something different about this person's life. And you know if they don't respect it, then that's okay because Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So do it anyway because either way, there's a great reward in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's God, just like the prophet said, furnishing that energy. You know, when he convicts us and inspires us. But it's still, even in those things, there's still a decision that you have to make. He cannot force you into it. Amen? You know, we could start justifying our actions or our reactions. You know, Brother Branham stood there. A prophet of God could have justified those thoughts he was having and walked right out. Amen? But God began dealing with him, and he humbled himself. Amen? God begins dealing with you, and it requires humility. Because sometimes doing that thing, doing the harder thing, it's, it's more difficult than, than, the, than the other way. Amen? It's more difficult to do the harder thing. Naaman, amen? Those servants had to tell him, why won't you just try it? I mean, there's, there could be your, your healing could be laying in something so simple. But his mind had gotten so wrapped around because he had this position in this land. Amen? Mighty man of valor. Amen? He had this position. But, but you know, God had, had to get him into a humble place. You know, these were, the, you know, I've got two great rivers and they're not these dirty rivers of Jordan. They're these rivers of, of, of Damascus, you know, in this great land of Syria. Amen. He had to humble himself in order to do it and think of if he made the other decision. You think of that story and you just think about if he didn't make that decision. Not only was healing laying for him there, but then something would stir in his heart that caused him to see something supernatural. And that something supernatural would cause a serious of events to take place and that would cause him to, to serve God amen imagine how happy he is going to be on the other side when I go talk to Naaman and said aren't you so glad you made that decision aren't you so happy that you purposed in your heart young person aren't you so happy that you purposed in your heart to serve God no matter what hallelujah I'm just going to paraphrase this quote. You know, Brother Branham was driving down the road one day with Brother and Sister Wood. And that night, Brother Wood and I were riding down the road, said, Sister Wood to my wife, coming down from her uh, towards Scottsburg, where I was trying to get a little mental rest, Brother Wood said, and you see that puppy back there on the road? Said, it's going to get run over. So I whirled my car around, went back, picked up the poor little fella, and he was full of fleas and life and mangied him up. Well, would that be the sensible thing to do to kill him? But I couldn't do it. I brought the little fellow home. Got me, excuse me, some flea powder. Kill him. I couldn't do it. I brought the little fellow home. Got him hid away trying to get the little fellow well. He wants to live. Amen. You know, and this is something simple, but, but people 
don't even realize they're thirsting for something and all it is is they want to live, amen? They just haven't tasted what real life is yet. Brother Renum says this, he says, there's something real about life. There's something about life that's real. Don't impersonate Christianity. Get life and live, he says. Don't just battle yourself around and say, well, I'm a Christian and I oughtn't to do this and I oughtn't to do, do that. No, there's one who cares for you. So take that life and live. That woman at the well that day, thanks be to God, she took that word, she took that water of life, and she went and lived, and she had a testimony. All the things that I, there's a man that knows all the things that I've done and I've ever done. You've got to hear about this man. Let me tell you right now, there's a man named Jesus. He knows everything that I've ever done and everything that I will ever do, and let me point you to him right now if you don't know him. Thanks be to God, there's a fountain of living water. Don't impersonate something. Of course, there's going to be a counterfeit to every real, but the real doesn't worry about the counterfeit. We don't, we don't worry about the unbeliever. We don't worry about the make-believer. Our eyes are purposed on that word, and we've got to focus on that word. I don't know what this person or that person. My eyes are on that word. Hallelujah. Brother Branham says he... Or, he says it's not a group, it's a personal vindication, a pregnated child of God filled with the Holy Ghost, so surrendered to God that he don't care about nothing else and the Holy Spirit living its life pulsating through him, showing the personal vindication or reality or, or personal identification of the word itself, expressing itself to the people of the world. So he chose you to express himself through. Think of that statement. Looking back at Jonah, even when it looked like he was running from the orders of God, God had it all in control the whole time. And I believe he knew what path Jonah was going to take. Amen. We serve the infinite God, right? He knew what decision he was going to make before he ever made it. And Jonah's testimony shook those men into seeing something supernatural. Amen. You know, the Hebrew word, and this is what I thought was amazing. The Hebrew word Jonah uses to describe his fear is, I don't want to pronounce it. It's yare, I think. And it's a word that expresses a reverence. You know, and when those mariners watched the God of Jonah do something miraculous through that experience when they vowed vows to serve him, the same Hebrew word that Jonah used was now the same Hebrew word that they, that they mentioned and that they stated to, uh, to describe their trust and newfound allegiance to God. It was the same Hebrew word. The, new, the NLT says they, they were awestruck by the power of God and they offered him a sacrifice, or they were awestruck by the Lord's great power, rather, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. You know, there's a commentary I read on it, and it says, on these verses, and it says, the mariners were hereby confirmed in their belief that Jonah's God was the true God. Then the, mere, then the men feared the Lord with a great fear, were possessed with a deep veneration, for the God of Israel and came to a resol resolution that they would worship him only for the future. For there is no other God that can deliver 
that can destroy after this sort. When they saw the power of God in raising and laying the tempest, when they saw his justice upon Jonah, his servant, and when they saw his goodness to them in saving them from the brink of ruin, then they feared the Lord. And it says, Jonah's life, after all, saved by a miracle. In the midst of judgment, God always remembers mercy. Aren't you so glad for that? In the midst of judgment. Brother Branham, you know, when, went to that lady in that restaurant and his first thought was judgment. But God's expression was mercy. Glory to God. And the last part of that commentary says, speaking on Jonah, though he flees from the presence of the Lord and seems to fall into these avenging hands, yet God has more work for him to do and therefore has prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. God's got a work for you to do, saints of God. If you're sitting here tonight, if you're listening, God's got a work for you because God is God and he's prepared to send salvation to those along your path and will provide a way of escape. He's just looking for a repented heart and a surrendered will, amen? So that when someone does come across your path, you know, you have the right attitude towards them. Sometimes it takes situations in our life to do that, to get God to, to repurpose our hearts back in the right direction. You know, sometimes you just get so, you get so caught up, maybe not backslid, but just caught up in doing what you've been doing for a long time. But sometimes there needs to be a rededication and a repurpose in your heart to remember that I'm here to serve God's purpose. My life is about getting souls in the kingdom of God so I can get out of here because I'm so ready to get out of here. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to see those who've passed. I'm ready to stop having to, to turn my eye every time I walk down the road. I'm stop, stop having to listen to people and the way they talk. I'm just, I'm tired of it. I want to go home. Who's with me? Who wants to go home? Amen. Amen. And sometimes that's all that people are looking for. You know, even in God's opportunity, he turned it into an opportunity for salvation. God uses your light. It's not, it's not living a, living a Christian life. It's not a rule book or doing these certain things because I've got to, or not doing certain things because it says not to. It ought to be life to people. It's a joy to have holiness in my life because it pleases God and I want to please God. So I'm going to do what pleases him. Amen. I don't do it because I, because I got to, I do it because, because I know he, I know he appreciates it and I know that's what he wants. And I want to, I I want to reflect him. I want to, I want to be exactly where he wants me to be. Amen. This is the father. Later he comes and he says, oh, I just, I had told her what I seen, stood there, condemned you, and God ought to come in here to tear the place up. He's just talking to this woman and telling her, telling her what he was thinking with such and such a going on, but I've changed my mind. God forgave me and I want to forgive you. And right there at that seat, I led her to Jesus Christ. Amen. See, listen to this, saints. Listen, it's your attitude towards things. Don't condemn others if they're doing wrong. Be good to them. Anyhow, Brother Branham said, instructions from a prophet. Just look over those things because God had to look over a whole lot for you and I. Amen. That's right. And God help us to have that attitude always in our hearts. Now, you have to blend that with purposing in your heart to serve God. Don't take that as an opportunity because just because they're doing this, I can do it. No, 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 no. You purpose in your heart to serve him and you pray for that person. 
If you got to separate a little bit, then separate a little bit. But continue to pray for him and continue to separate and continue to let God do the work because you're not going to do anything. If you let God do the work in their life, then it will be changed. Amen. You pray for me, he says, to never look upon people like that no more. No matter what they're doing, that I'll always look upon them, that they're creatures of God, that God sent his son to take their place. And me as a minister, I'm grateful that he forgave me. And I want him to forgive them also. That's the way that we should do it. You know, and even looking at Jonah, even after that whole city had repented, Look at Jonah's attitude towards it. You know, why are you gonna aren't gonna destroy the city? You said you were gonna destroy the city, but God's tender hand wasn't gonna do it. Mercy was at the forefront the whole time. God does everything he can to lead people to his fountain of life. Amen. Sometimes it's just our attitude that needs adjusting. Amen. Our thought process needs shifted to be more like him, amen. More like the word. You know, <clears throat> just a few more minutes now, amen. Our approach to the things of God really matter. We look at the first part of that story with Naaman, you know, and he was led supernaturally to that, to that water and he was led to the prophet and he was led to God, but he had pride laying down in his heart, amen? He had a position and, and so he thought it should be done a certain way. I mean, you go read that story and I was reading commentary on it. He thought, you know, th- this river of far, far and these rivers of, of, uh, of Syria, they're, they're, so much, they're so much cleaner and they're so much better. And why didn't Elisha, Elisha doesn't even come out to greet him. He sends a messenger to him. Sometimes in our way of thinking, we think that a certain thing should be done a certain way. But God does things his way and it's for a purpose because God needs him to be humbled. And sometimes God needs it to be done a certain way for a specific purpose. So if it doesn't exactly go to the way that you think it is, maybe remember that we're just humans and God is infinite and he knows better than we do. Amen. Elijah sent him his messenger and and the Bible said he he was angry. So he had a couple of things to deal with here. You want me to go dip in this filthy Jordan? And his pride almost kept him from that healing and from that salvation. Amen. It's the simple things that God always uses. Amen. And he, he works through humility. Paul says that, you know, he works through the foolishness of preaching. Brother Matt was just out, out a few minutes ago expressing how, you know, sometimes you're going through your notes and you just don't, man, I don't, I really don't think this is it, Lord. I, I don't know. I, you know, and you're just the whole time, you're just, you're not really sure. It's, it's foolishness. It's just foolishness of preaching. It's just God taking, taking control and you put a note here. That doesn't, that doesn't go with it. Well, this person might need that. This, this person might need that. So it's not up to us. It's just, it's the foolish. And that's how God works, amen. He takes, Brother Brandon says, he takes the no good, the uneducated, the weak people. That's all I am. No good, edu- uneducated, weak, amen. But he displays himself through those things. Don't you just love the things of God? Aren't you just so thankful that he does things that way? So simple. And, you know, just, just some of my closing thoughts tonight, for tonight, just to try to put everything together. God's got a purpose to be fulfilled in each of our lives. Amen. He sends inspiration our way. 
you know, he orchestrates a path. He does everything in his power. He does everything he can to lead us there. But in all of it, he doesn't force you to make that decision. There is a power in the decision that you make, amen? And we've got a decision to make. Will you take the way with the Lord's despised few? Daniel made a declaration in his life. I'm going to serve the Lord no matter what obstacles it takes, no matter what I face. You know, in Naaman's story, look how close he came to letting that poor decision ruin his life. There's power in decision. Amen. What will your decision be? Amen. And young people and, and old alike, it, it's not just the decisions in the big things. It's the decisions in the small things. It's, it's how you live your life and, and it's purposing in your heart. Sometimes God just wants you to purpose in your heart to, to look towards his temple, to look towards his word and, and just listen to his message, just soak up in the word. How does faith come? Comes by hearing of his word. Comes by coming to church. It comes by entering into his atmosphere because this is where he, this is, where he is. He comes, I love coming to church. I want, I want, to, I want to get here because I want to hear what God has to say. I, I want, I, I'd rather be out there because I, I want him to speak to me. I, I want him to say what he needs. I want him to correct my life. I want him to change me and I know that I'm not raptured yet so there's some things I need changed amen there's some things we need to change amen what decision will you make I know each one of us we make decisions every day we make a decision to get up out of bed we make a decision to go to work we make a decision what kind of food we're gonna eat we make all these decisions what are the decisions that you're making and are they purposed towards the Lord are they purposed? Have you purposed in your heart to serve him in everything you do and everywhere you go and every which way you live? Amen. There's power in that decision. There's, you have to be purpose-driven because things are going to come that don't make sense. Things are going to come and they're going to hurt. Things are going to come, but it doesn't matter what comes because my heart is purposed to serve God until I get home. My heart is to do everything he wants me to do until I get home. My heart is staying towards the word and looking on that word even when everybody else won't. I will. I will look towards that word and I will purpose in my heart to serve it no matter what it takes. Hallelujah. Is that your prayer for yourself tonight? Amen. Do you just need to repurpose in your heart tonight on a Wednesday night to rededicate your heart to God, to serve him and to serve his purpose? Amen. Hallelujah. Just let's all stand tonight. Amen. The musicians would come. My prayer for myself tonight, and someone, if anybody would like to join in with me, is that my attitude can be changed. Back to some of my opening comments when, you know, just thinking about encouraging us, we got to keep in mind, we just have such a short time here. Amen. I, go listen to what's been preached, and it's coming in our day. It's just right around the corner. We don't have, we don't have much time. I love, I love how Brother Tim had put it in the minister's meeting. He said, you know, we weren't exactly sure because it's always been preached that this is the time. This is the time. But Brother Branham came to show us where we were on the map. 
That's what prophets do. They came to show us where we're at. And he showed us we're at the end. He showed us we're right here. Amen? We got to keep in mind that while we have this short time here, we don't lose sight of the purpose of being here. To serve his purpose. You know, these stories that we hear and listen to, they're used for our example. But my heart's desire is to be like that little maid. Don't even have a name. Don't, I don't want a position. I don't want a name. I just want to make a statement of faith so that somebody can, can hear, even if they don't see, but somebody can hear that statement. And maybe, maybe because I live the life and purpose my life towards God, that they can not only hear it, but they can recognize it. And then they, that recognition can cause them to act upon it. Because God gives you the energy, amen. He furnishes the energy, but we've got to do the job. She served her purpose, and it meant a whole lot to God, enough to make it into his word. That's how much you mean to God, to make you made it into his word. Amen, that's, that's enough for me. Is that enough for you? I just want a purpose in my heart to serve him. I want to be all he wants me to be. I want to do all he wants me to do, even if it's a doormat. I want to be the best doormat. I'm going to brush myself off as much as I can. And when someone comes and puts their foot on me again, I want to brush it off again because I want to be the best doormat. God wants me to be, amen. It led to an incredible example we look at today to learn of, of God's healing power. Look, look from her statement of faith. It wasn't, it wasn't just a story. It wasn't just his salvation. It wasn't just his healing. It was, it was a declaration that made God's healing manifested in, in physical form. That word became physical form that day. A man, a young man named Daniel, similar situation, with, but he did it with gladness in his heart, amen? Brother Renham says it like this. He says, look, talking about the Lord of the harvest, he says, now you say, well, let me just read the whole quote. He says, did you know God knew everything that we'd be standing here 10 million years ago before the world was ever founded? You know, he knowed we'd be standing here this morning, this evening. The infinity of God knew God. Every fly, every gnat, every time they'd bat their eyes, how much tallow that they would produce before the world was ever formed. God knew it. Amen. And now you say, well, if he knows it, God's program. Preaching is his program. When he looked on the apostles and he looked on the harvest in that same scripture, and he said, the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few, but pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send laborers into his harvest. How many remember? He says, well, why would they have to pray to send uh, send laborers into his harvest if the Lord of the harvest was standing right there knowing it would be done. Why? Because God has arranged it so. Now listen to this. He says, God has so arranged it that his program, listen to this, his program cannot move without you and I. And as long as we're not doing what God leads us to do, we're paralyzing his program because God has intended it like that because he doesn't want to go on without you. Aren't you grateful for that? His program can't move without you and I. You know, and he, he could be, let's just bow our heart, bow our eyes, just close our eyes this, this evening. He could just be waiting on one person tonight. 
just to make a final declaration, that final decision, that final pledge that Daniel made, that Joshua made to serve God with all your heart. You know, opportunities come in so many shapes and sizes. We saw that tonight. The people in Nineveh, you know, the sailors on the boat with Jonah, Naaman, his household, the woman in the burger joint. And God provided an opportunity through his family for each one. They received healing. They received salvation. They received eternal life. But they had to make a decision. Even in this service tonight, these simple words could be God's way of getting your attention to make that choice. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'll just be the first to raise my hands, Lord, to repurpose my life, Lord, to serve your purpose, Lord. Lord, and if there would be one among us tonight, Lord Jesus, listening in, Father, here, that, Lord, hasn't made that declaration, hasn't purposed in their heart, or just feels like they need to repurpose, Lord. I just invite them to lift their hands alongside, Lord Jesus. And you know each hand. Lord, you see in each heart, Father God. Lord God, just thank you for your just opening your word up to me, Father, to your people. I just pray, Lord, it could be words of life tonight, Lord Jesus. I don't think of coming to church on a Wednesday as another day, Lord. I think of it as an opportunity of life of an opportunity of light, of, 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 of something that you can speak to me through, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you, you could get glory in this service. I pray that, Father, we're just giving you the preeminence, Lord. We're giving you the glory in all these things, Father. Lord, and we're making that decision tonight towards you, Father. We love you now, Lord. I just dedicate each one of these believers now into your hands, Father. Help us serve your purpose, Lord. Help us recognize, Lord, the opportunities that we're given. Lord, help us just to, Father, be sensitive. Lord God, just thinking on that story there with Elijah. Father, Lord, you sent all these things, Lord, but then you sent your spirit, Father. You sent your still, small voice, Lord, and he was sensitive to it, Lord. There's all this noise around the world. There's all these things, Lord God. There's earthquakes and there's fires and there's all these things, Lord. And help us be sensitive to your still small voice and being inspired to have a statement of faith like that little maid did, Father. Thank you for your heroes of faith, Lord. Let us be, Father, what you've called us to be tonight. Pray for Brother Jason, Lord, as he's over there and for that family, Lord, suffering this loss, Lord. I just pray you'd comfort them now. Comfort each one, the, 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 the children, Lord, the church, Lord, suffering through so many things these last, this last year, Lord Jesus, last several years, Lord. I pray that, Father, this could just cause a, a, a chain reaction, Lord God. Just give Brother Blue, Father, strength in his body. Heal his body completely, Lord. Lord, give just uh, an extra surge, Father, to that assembly, I pray. Be with each one tonight, Lord. Just dedicate ourselves to you now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What you singing, bro? Amen. Oh. Oh, that's the way it's
got to be. You want to raise your hands and sing that now? I need more of you. Till there's no room, till there's no room left in me. All those wasted hours and minutes, Lord, they're yours now, from the start to the finish, I need more of you in me, singing that again now, I need to be From the start to the finish, I need more of you, oh, in me. Amen. I just believe the word so spoke to hearts. Amen tonight. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? He's worthy. Amen of it. Brother Caleb. Amen. I just believe the word spoke so clearly. Amen. Just, I just don't want you to miss it tonight. I just felt the Holy Spirit even back there as Brother Caleb was closing. And just so much that he said there that I just, he kept repeating. You know, when the Lord does that, uh, you know, I just, I know so many times that God is just speaking directly. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. I, I thought about, you know, Brother Caleb talking about Daniel in the beginning from the very beginning his early days right when he's taken captive to Babylon he makes you know what you'd think would be such a small issue it's amazing sometimes how the little small issues that seem so insignificant like brother Caleb said seem like man really you're gonna make a big deal out of a window but you know before that he had already made a purpose in his heart even when he was they didn't he didn't want to eat the king's uh, diet didn't want to didn't want to eat his meat or drink his you know, uh, he, did, he didn't want to be on the same, uh, just the same type of food that they were eating. <laughs> you say, you're really going to make an issue out of something so little? Come on, just conform. Just be like the, everybody else. <clears throat> but you know what's so powerful? Is that character is not molded in the big decisions. But character is molded in the little, small choices you make. To say it doesn't matter how little and insignificant it may seem, I've made a purpose, like Brother Caleb said, I've purposed in my heart to serve the Lord. And it may seem little, but you know what? Oftentimes the people, the people that crumble under the big things, they never could take a stand in little things. And I truly believe tonight to say, Lord, give me the grace to make a stand for the little things in my life. How many do that tonight? So that you'll give me grace. Amen, to stand 
in the big moments of my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. God, we just give you thanks for it. We just want to say, Lord, we heard tonight, God, our church, Lord, is the word Brother Caleb brought. We believe, Lord, it wasn't from our brother, Lord, but we believe that your word spoke directly. We just want to raise a hand and say, thank you, God, for speaking to my heart tonight. Maybe someone online, maybe someone who listened later. I know, Lord, that your word hit its mark tonight. As our brother said, Lord, I so identify. I so identify, Lord. I just want to raise my hand tonight and say, God, let me repurpose my life to be purposeful for what you want, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just deal with hearts, Lord. Continue to deal with hearts here tonight, Lord. Maybe tonight a little bit different than other Wednesdays, Lord. Your word just was a bullseye. Lord, just an arrow of deliverance. I pray that we'd, we'd accept it, Lord. We'd take it to heart tonight. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Why don't you gather? Amen. Come. Amen. Gather up here. And I don't think I've got any prayer requests. Let me make sure I check my notes here to make sure. <clears throat> I think these are old. Let me make sure yeah, that's from January 17th. So I don't have nothing. I know. My dad being away, I <clears throat> uh, wasn't able to get those. But I'm going to read just some that have came in uh, online. And this is from Brother Jack Guest, actually, who's streaming. It said, Brother Matt, I want you all to remember a homeless person in Savannah. I had to tear down a building where he was staying, and the Lord had me to be kind to him. And an hour later, he come back and thanked me for being so kind to him and to pray that he would find another place and, most of all, that he would find Christ. Amen. As Brother Caleb preached tonight, amen, those divine moments that you don't realize, like that testimony my brother gave on last Thursday at the men's prayer meeting was so powerful. You know, here he's getting frustrated over something and didn't, you know, how many times we've done that and not recognize it was the Lord doing that. And then here comes the man, and, and here he's in a need, and his wife's about to have heart surgery, and there Chris was saying, I'm on the way to a prayer, men's prayer meeting. And we, we prayed for her. I believe I believe God ordains, orchestrates those moments, amen, in their life. So we want to remember this homeless man, uh, Brother Jack, uh, 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 has, uh, has uh, mentioned here. Brother Fulcher also passed away. Brother John Short sent that in. We knew about that, and so we want to remember, amen, the whole family there, Brother Barry, Sister Becky, that being her dad. I want to just remember the believers there in Green Pond. For Brother Terrence, who was the, I believe he was the drummer. Am I right about that? Anybody know? I think he was the drummer there at Brother Blues. And not a, not old at all. I think he was just in his uh, 40s um, and had small children, if I'm understanding correctly, and just was real important to Brother Blues. So we just uh, don't really know. I don't know all the details. I know he went in sick with something and then just passed away. You know, it just shows us we don't have no promise of tomorrow. Amen. That's why the Bible says, Brother Brandon would say, while you're in your right mind, make, make sure you're calling an election is sure. Amen. And so God knows, you know, I, the Bible says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I believe that. I believe our first one, all the steps in the middle, and even our, our very last step that we take in life is ordered of the Lord. So God does all things perfect. We don't always understand it, but I want to, I just want to say that I want our church just to remember Brother Blue and his whole assembly. 
and uh, that God would just be gracious to them, amen, and give them extra grace during this time. I think there's some arrangements. We'll, I think we're sent out on the church WhatsApp. Uh, if you want to go to that, uh, that, that, that'll be coming up here this weekend. There was tonight, and then I think something on Friday or Saturday. And so I don't see any other needs. I've given just a minute delayed just to have people, if they have a minute, to send something in. And uh, let me just check one more place. I don't think I've got anything else. Maybe something upon your heart you didn't get a time to write down. You just want to remember and hold that hand up. Lord Jesus, Father, we're so grateful tonight, Lord, that we've heard a sermon, Lord, that was preached. Father, and it really just shows us how great your grace and mercy is to us, Lord. Father, these examples, as Brother Caleb gave, how, Lord, just one little decision, had he not made the right decision, had he went the other way, what 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 wouldn't have been sometimes we praise you lord god for what you've done in our life but many times it's the things that you didn't allow to happen in our life lord that really makes the difference god i thank you for your word i thank you father for this atmosphere for a church lord where we could come and and hear from heaven we thank you god i pray for these needs lord that have been written in for this man brother jack has has had contact with today lord above all may he know you lord jesus i pray god that you would bless this man lord he doesn't even realize this moment that he's had with our brother jack lord was just maybe a divine moment god something that would save his life and change his whole eternal destination god i pray that you'd move on the scene for him lord god for the whole family in green pond lord lord all of the church all of those lord that have been affected by this tragedy god if your prophet taught us we really can't pray for someone until we enter into their suffering lord and tonight god how we would just take just a moment to think it could it could have been us lord could have been a mother that a wife that had lost a husband or could have been a child that's lost a daddy lord i can't explain that we can't, we don't, we can't, Lord, sometimes make perfect sense out of everything that happens. God, but right now, Lord, in this moment of tragedy and suffering, we just ask, God, for you to give them extra grace. I pray, God, that you would pour out extra mercy upon them. Comfort their hearts, Lord Jesus, at this time. I pray, God, for Brother Blue, Lord, even my brother, who I know, Lord, even recently, Lord, even having his own issues and struggles with his health. God, I pray that you would just be merciful right now, Lord. May you pour strength, God, into that body, into that congregation, Lord. God, give them supernatural strength, Lord God. When, Father, they wouldn't even feel like, Lord, Father, even the, the, these kind of things, Lord, you can just feel defeated and get you down, Lord. But I pray, God, that strength, Lord God, would come. Father, for your word says that your strength is made known in our weakness. I pray, God, that you'd give them strength at this time, Lord, for each need that was mentioned, Lord, each need, each hand that went up. God, I just raise my hands up, Lord, and say thank you, Jesus, for your love. How many want to do that? Just tell him that, friends. Don't just let me do the praying. Why don't you open your mouth? Say, Lord, thank you for your grace tonight. Thank you for your mercy in my life, oh God. Thank you, God, that at the moment I would have made a mess out of it, God, you turned me around, picked me up, and set me on the right path, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a purpose in my life that you've called me, you chose me, you ordained my footsteps before the foundation of the world, Lord God. Lord, you've already planned out everything in my life. If I just surrender myself and humble myself, 
I pray, God, that you would give us that type of character that we heard about preached tonight. Lord, to where our attitude, if it needs adjusted, I just raise my hand and say, God, then adjust my attitude, Lord God. I pray that I'd look at things the right way, not negatively, Lord, but Father, let me look at it through the lens of your word. Lord, I pray that you would just, Lord, bless our brother Caleb, Lord, for pouring out his heart tonight, God. We thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Let's sing it one more time, just with our hands raised. Oh, I need more you want to make it like a prayer just raise your hands and sing that that's the way it's got to be that's the way it's got to be i need more of you till there's no room left in me all those ways Oh, they're yours now From the start to the finish I need more of you Oh, with me Oh, I need more of you Dear Jesus got to be testimony if there's something burning upon somebody's heart that you wanted to share no hands went up and that's okay because it's already nine o'clock well come running brother <laughs> going once going twice come on brother matthew and they come up here and you can give it um so i i'm gonna try to make this quick i got two testimonies um so uh thursday on i got home from work and pulling in the driveway. My wife had gone to her mom's house and um, where her car was parked, there's a puddle of oil on the driveway. I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I called her and to check the oil before she came home just to make sure there was the oil still in it. And they checked it and there was a little tiny speck of oil on the dipstick when they checked it. So this thing's out of oil. I'm like, great. So we went to the prayer meeting and we had, you know, all the brothers prayed for it. And, um, my plan was to come on on Friday and put new oil in it, get back to the house, get it up on jacks, see what's, you know, where the oil's coming out of. And I, I get there on Friday with the oil and I, and I checked the oil myself and the oil's fine. I ain't, I ain't leaking no oil. And there wasn't none on the ground. And so I got my wife out there like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, you, this is how you check the oil, right? And she's like, yeah, that's how it was. But there was no oil on there when, when I checked it. 
and well, the oil's fine, so we drove it home, and thing ain't le leaked a drop of oil since. Wow. So, uh, the Lord fixed the leak and put new oil in it. So, <laughs> but the second second testimony of this is I had to give this testimony. This is probably one of the more supernatural things that's ever happened to me directly. Um, about a year ago, I was working in an apartment complex doing um, property maintenance. And one of the things that we were dealing with at the time was like a severe like German cockroach infestation in a couple of the apartments. And these things were like, I remember joking with the exterminator that we were having come in and treat them. Like this was some sort of like bioweapon because these things like would not die. They'd been treated so many times, they'd become completely immune to any kind of pesticide. You couldn't kill them. They were just, it was a disaster. Well, inadvertently, I had accidentally brought a couple home with me, and it got in my house. And over the last year, it got worse and worse, and my poor wife pulling her hair out, trying to keep the house, like, immaculate to not feed them, and there was nothing we could do about it. We sprayed, we bombed, we did everything we could do, and these bugs just went haywire we could not keep a lid on it and it just got worse and worse and so finally um last week i i remember i got home from work kind of late had a late day and i walked in the house and we wanted to i was just basically just in time to do our evening devotions with my wife and i we sat down and i was praying just pretty typical devotions and i it so struck me out of the blue pray about these cockroaches and it just, I don't know, I just felt inspired to pray about cockroaches. And I, and I stopped and I, and, I, and I even said, Lord, I don't know why, but I just suddenly feel inspired to pray about this. And I said, Lord, my wife, about a year and a half ago, gave up a job that she really cared about. She worked at the library and she really, really cared about that job. And she felt so strong in her heart that the Lord needed her to quit that job and just be a housewife full time. That that's what the Lord wanted her to do. And so she did it. And she really walked away from something she cared about it because the, the Lord told her to do it. And that these bugs have infested her home and she can't hardly stand to do what you called her to do because it's such a, a grievance, grievance to her. And that Lord, they're your creatures, you made them and you can tell them to leave and they'll leave. And that was my prayer. And when I got done, I looked at her and her jaw had, was, had fallen open and she said, you don't understand. Before you walk through the door, I was just on the phone with my cousin and I told her every single thing that you said, how I had walked away from a job that I cared about to do what the Lord had called me to do. And these bugs have grieved me ever since. And you literally prayed a conversation that you had no part of being in. Like you, you weren't there for it. And that was a week ago. And I cannot express to you the extent of how fast these bugs have vacated my home like they have packed up and left they have vamoosed gone and you couldn't kill them if you tried but the lord has packed them up and moved them i don't know where but they're not there so i want to praise the lord because that it this has been such a trial that the lord has delivered us from and i am so thankful Hallelujah. And all the sisters said, Amen. <laughs> Thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Well, you enjoy being in church tonight. Why don't we give the Lord just another hand clap of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to let you be dismissed. Amen. We have a prayer meeting uh, tomorrow night again for the brothers, 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock. And I tell you what, I wasn't at the last one. I was, it was my birthday, and we uh, went to Charleston for it. But, boy, I tell you what, the Lord's just doing really special things. Amen. I'd encourage any of you brothers who don't normally make it or haven't had a chance to. We had about, I don't know, maybe 25 brothers the one two Thursdays ago. And, boy, it was, it was about as powerful of a church service as I've ever been in. <laughs> in this church, just the, the atmosphere. I tell you what, it's a charge of the Holy Ghost. I, you know, I thought about that, even, you know, things like prayer meetings. And I thought, you know, as the Bible says, as you see that day approaching, assemble yourselves more. And that not, that's not just for the brothers. The sisters say, what about us? Well, you know, at that same time, you sisters can gather your daughters and, and, uh, and have a prayer meeting there at home from 6 to 7. I'd encourage you to do that. You know, it's, I thought about driving my truck, you know, down the road, Brother Charles, and I was almost out of gas. And I was running on fumes. You know, I, I was running late for the prayer meeting. But you know what? I didn't have a choice. I had to stop and get gas. What if I would have said, you know what, I, I don't really care for it. I'm just going to, no, I would have ran out of gas. I think if we'd start looking in our spiritual gas tank that way and say, you know, I don't have a choice. I'm empty. I got to be full. I think things start turning around in our life. We say, Lord, I don't, I, I, I'm not coming because of what I can get out of it. Not because I need something or I'm needy, Lord, but you're worthy of my. way lord that say lord you're worthy of it not for what i can get out of it lord but what i can give back to you as the bible says which is your reasonable service your it's what he's at least deserving of god's deserving of it amen turn around and shake somebody's hand we're going to let you go greet him in the name of the lord go in the fear of god we'll see you tomorrow brothers from six to seven for the men's prayer meeting thanks thanks I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, oh, my soul has found rest, oh, Lord, I give you thanks. want to say thanks, Lord, thanks.
Breathe. 